Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Thanks very much. Um, if we haven't met yet, my name's Andy. I'm the vicar here. It's lovely to have you with us. And uh, please keep that passage open, Psalm 121, page 622, as we listen to God speak to us through it together. Should we bow our heads and pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, inspired by your spirit, written down um, over many years by psalmists, prophets, writers, and um, speaking to us today. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts as we listen to this particular song written down for us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I'd like to uh, show you a photo from our holiday. Here we are up on the screen. Um, and um, I'd like you to come for a walk with me in the mountains. We've just returned from the Alps, had a wonderful time. And uh, whilst we were there, we spent a little bit of time as a family thinking about this psalm. It seemed quite appropriate whilst we were there. It is a famous and a beautiful psalm. It was probably first sung by pilgrims as they uh, traveled up through the mountains to worship at the festival in Jerusalem. And it begins with a question. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's a question we all ask all the time, don't, don't we? Where will help come from? Who will help me? How can I receive the assistance on offer? Perhaps it's a trivial thing. Will the airline help me to find my lost luggage? Will the new star player improve my team's performance? Uh, maybe it's much more serious. Maybe the question at the forefront of your mind right now is the question that's at the forefront of millions of minds. Will the government help me to be able to afford to live? Maybe it's... Um, help from a doctor or a hospital. Maybe there's a course of chemotherapy going on or, or counseling or something like that. And you're thinking, will their help be enough? Maybe it's a teacher. My child is struggling at school. They're really finding that subject or those subjects difficult. They're finding it hard to get along with their peers or to manage their emotions. Will the school help them? Maybe it's your parents that you look to for help. Um, but it sometimes feels like they don't know how to help. Can your parents provide the help that you need? Can your friends help you? Can your friends be trusted? So for a moment right now, a little bit of interaction. I want you to think quietly to yourself of one area of help that you need. Have you already asked someone for help? Have they offered, but you haven't yet taken them up on that offer? What does it feel like waiting for that help. What would it feel like when the help finally comes? 
Can you trust that person's help? Do you think it'll be enough? Just for 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Maybe just bow your heads. Think. Ask God to help you imagine that help that you need. With those needs for help in our minds, we're going to work our way through this psalm step by step. We're going to hear some wonderful things that God has to teach us. And we're going to build up a sentence as we go through. Now this is how it begins. God helps his people. Very simple. God helps his people. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Well, it might be that the writer pictures the mountains as a bit of a menace. Maybe there are bandits and highwaymen hiding in the, in the cliffs and the ravines and they're ready to attack. But more likely, I think, his look to the mountains is a pointer towards the, to where he knows his help is really coming from. So just look across the page, Psalm 125, verse 2. It says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. So the writer already knows, as he asks the question that his help comes from the Lord, from God. Just as the mountains encircle the city of Jerusalem, protecting it from his enemies, he knows that God encircles him, protecting him. And what is more, he knows that his God is no ordinary God. He's the creator of all things. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our holiday was a bit of a a geography teacher's paradise. Every day you went out and you saw mountains that were shaped by glaciers over thousands and thousands of years. You saw kind of uh, peaks and ridges and valleys and lakes. But the power of geology is nothing compared to God's almighty power. The one who didn't need any help to make mountains also didn't need any help to make the rest of the universe. He has more than enough resources to help you and me. As the old spiritual goes. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Help comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes from parents, friends, teachers, institutions, governments, but the Bible ultimately claims that all help comes from the creator of everything. Now, it might be that you're here this morning yet, and you're not convinced about that. Maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian yet. Maybe you're still saying, actually, I'm looking in from the outside. But if we just assume for a moment that there is a supreme being who made everything, wouldn't it make sense if that being, let's call him God for a moment, was the supreme helper that we need? And so if he does exist, doesn't it make sense to look to him, to lift up our eyes to him and say, help me? That's what Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You see, Jesus came into this world to make you and me children of God, to make us God's people. And so 
that we could call the creator of the universe our father in heaven. So even though you don't go out of your front door in London and see a mountain, you can still look at the creation all around you and you can look from that creation to the God who made everything and say, I can trust him. He's got the whole world in his hands. So just again a moment, imagine that situation where you need help. And say to yourself, if you have trusted Jesus this morning, God helps his people. But how does he help them? Second, God helps his people with his full attention. God helps his people with his full attention. Verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Tim, could you move the slide on? God helps his people with his full attention. That verse, I think, literally is more like a prayer than a statement. Literally, it sounds more like, may he not let your foot slip. May your God not doze off. You see, the writer has put his trust in God, and, and now it's as if he has a friend who prays that God would be trustworthy. That might sound like a slightly strange thing to pray, but actually it's the sort of thing God's people pray all the time, isn't it? It's a kind of prayer that shows that that we have a real relationship with God. I know the truth about God, but I still want to pray that that truth would impact my life. We don't get easy answers. We wrestle with our questions and doubts, and, and we share those things with God. Or maybe it's that the writer's friends, in verse 3, prays like this to highlight just how different God is to untrustworthy people. Have a listen to some words from Isaiah, where God is speaking about the leaders of God's people. And just notice the echoes between these two passages. Isaiah 56. Isaiah's, uh, Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. So in Isaiah's day, that the keepers of the people of God, the leaders of God's people, was to sleep. They were in it for themselves, looking out for themselves. Sadly, that still happens today. But God never gets fed up of caring for his children. He never falls asleep on the job. He never puts his feet up and thinks, I'm just going to have a rest, and they can look after themselves for a while. You see, God sees every challenge that confronts you every fear that you face, and he helps his people with his full attention. As the next voice in the psalm affirms, verse 4, Behold, indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The watcher of Israel, the keeper of Israel, the guard of Israel, the protector of Israel, he never misses a moment. His eye is always on the ball. You know the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. So there they are. Here's a picture just to help us remember it. There they are. They're up on Mount Carmel. And Elijah said, let's have a prayer competition. The God who answers by fire, he is God. And uh, they get up early in the morning and they dance around the altar and they pray, Baal, answer us, send fire on the sacrifice. And it gets to lunchtime and uh, Elijah's basically had enough. And he really puts the knife in and he says, shout louder. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. 
Midday passed, and they continued their frantic, frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. What sort of God takes a nap when his people are praying? Well, the fake gods of the world might do that, but not the true God of the Bible. He hears and sees everything. God helps his people with his undivided attention. Remember the dispute a while back about who was going to pay for Harry and Meghan's security arrangements? And um, amidst, amidst that dispute, there was said that how UK prime ministers basically have paid armed protection for life, and Harry and Meghan were saying it's not fair, we should have paid protection. Well, the best bodyguard of all is the Christian person's bodyguard, and we don't need to pay for him. He's never inactive, never struck, never, never struck by some unexpected problem that's too big to deal with, never exhausted, never weary. So imagine that situation again that you're thinking of, that place in your life where you know you need help. God knows all the details. He has, you have his full attention. When you lie in bed at night worrying about how things are going to turn out, God's awake too, so you can go to sleep. God hasn't missed a thing. He never makes a mistake. He's always watching. You can trust him. Even in the middle of hard things. Let's keep going with our sentence. God helps his people with his full attention, offering perfect protection. Perfect protection. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. There's a beautiful balance here, I wonder if you notice it, between the individual and the people of God. So God watches over Israel, verse 4, all the people of God. And verse 5, the Lord watches over you, singular. It's as if, for a moment, we, we forget about all the hordes of pilgrims who are climbing up the mountain to Mount Zion, to Jerusalem, to worship, and we just focus in on one of them. Climbing up the mountain, the hot sun is beating down on, on his or her shared head, and yet God is closer than their shadow. He is intimately present, nearer than the things that threaten them. But what's this stuff about the right hand? Well, the right hand in the Bible is often the picture of, of, the, ha of the way in which you fight your battles. It's why Ehud, the left-handed warrior in Judges, is such an odd one out. God guards the arm with which we fight our battles. He guards us against the world that would drag us away from believing in Jesus. He guards us against the flesh and the sinful desires that we have in our heart just to do our own thing. And he guards us against the devil and his schemes to destroy us. He is our shade at our right hand, our shelter, our personal protection service. As Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. There was a man who knew all this stuff and yet he didn't like the idea that, that God extended it to other people. Remember Jonah? He believed, didn't he? When he was in the boat in the storm, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the God who made the sea and the dry land. And he proudly claimed that that God, the creator of Israel, the creator of the world, was his God, Israel's God. 
But he hated the idea that God would offer perfect protection to other people. And so at the end of the book of Jonah, there he is. He's sitting outside the the city of Nineveh, the wicked city of Nineveh. And he's waiting for God to destroy it. And what does God do? Well, he provides a plant to shade Jonah from the scorching sun. And Jonah's really chuffed about the plant. And then he provides a worm which harms the plant, chews it up, strikes it, smites it, and a wind which harms Jonah. See, God provided the protection for Jonah and then he took the protection away to teach him a lesson. To teach him that the most important shade and shelter of all is the shelter that the people of Nineveh needed. Mercy and forgiveness, rescue from judgment. He offers us perfect protection. Verse 6, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Those promises do not, those, those verses are not a promise that the person who trusts in Jesus has an easy life and nothing ever bad ever. Nothing bad ever happens to them. If you ever hear a preacher say anything like that, if you ever read a book or a blog or whatever it is that says the Christian life is an easy life, you can know you're being lied to. But instead, whatever evil things happen, these verses remind us that God has our back. Events of the daytime or the nighttime, the things we can see, the things we can't see, nothing ultimately gets the upper hand against one of God's people. And before we think to ourselves, that doesn't really make sense. Let's remember that it's what Jesus promised too. It's one occasion he he was talking to his disciples about the opposition that they would face for following him. Sometimes that would come from the government. Sometimes it would come from their families and friends. Sometimes it would come from religious authorities. He said, sometimes people will kill you because you follow me. But Jesus said, not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. Perfect protection. They say, don't they, that forewarned is forearmed. And so knowing that God offers us perfect protection is a way that we arm ourselves. It's a way we put on spiritual armor. Because disaster might strike, mightn't it? That thing you were imagining at the beginning, well, it might get worse, not better. It may never get better. But the troubles that we face in this life do not mean that somehow the devil has found a chink in God's armor. Neither trouble nor hardship, nor persecution, nor famine, nor nakedness, nor danger, nor sword, angels or demons, death or life, the present or the future, nothing anywhere in all of God's creation separates God's people from the love of God in Christ. God's protection is perfect. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if God just helped us help that truth to sink a little bit deeper into our hearts today? And yet remarkably, it's not the last note that we hear in this song. Finally, God helps his people with his full attention, offering perfect protection forever. Forever. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. That is from the moment you leave your house in the morning to the moment you put the key in the door on the way home, at the way home. 
from the moment the school bell goes to the moment you get off the bus around the corner from your house. From the beginning of a new venture to the end of the last one. From the dawn of your life to the sunset of your life. There is never a time when God is less than fully present, less than fully attentive, less than your perfect keeper and helper. I've been reading a little book over the summer about the attributes of God, kind of what is God like. It's a chapter that really helped me about his eternity. The author puts it like this. The mind looks backwards in time till the dim past vanishes, then turns and looks into the future till thought and imagination collapse from exhaustion. And God is at both points, unaffected by either. God has already lived all of our yesterdays and all of our tomorrows. He is our forever watchman. His care never stops. And just to prove that that is not wishful thinking, just consider the help that God offered to Jesus. Because the Psalms actually are songs that Jesus sings before we sing them. They are songs that apply to him and then they apply to us as we put our trust in him. Jesus knew, didn't he, that he needed his father's help and so he prayed night and day for help. And he also knew that he would have to die to save us from sin, to give us the eternal spiritual protection that we needed most of all. And he still prayed that God would protect him. And God answered his prayers. He watched over Jesus' coming and his going. And he raised him from the dead. And so Jesus is our perfect saviour and helper. And he shares his eternal life with you and me. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. God's grace, his rescue plan has now been revealed through the appearing of our saviour Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. If we trust the good news of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for us, we can know that the words of this psalm are 100% true for you and me, because they are 100% true for him. God will help his people forever. So just one last time in your mind as I speak. Think about that thing where you know you need help. Well, once that's out of the way, there'll be something else, won't there? Maybe the person or the institution you're looking for help. Maybe they'll do a really good job. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be up for it this time, but not next time. And so, let's go back to the walk in the mountains. Lift up our eyes. Who is our helper? Our friends and our family and the government and the bank and our teachers and our hospitals, maybe even ourselves, those are good things. And we thank God for the help that comes through all of those things to us. But let's not forget that ultimately, actually, it's and earth. God helps his people with his full attention, offering perfect protection forever. How about we speak about some of those things over coffee afterwards? Share with someone. Maybe you know them well, maybe you don't know them that well. And you say, you know what, I need help in this area of my life. And I've been looking to this, but actually I need to remember that I need to look to God. What about you? Maybe find a quiet spot just to pray with someone about the help that you need. Or if you don't do that, 
certainly in this moment now, let's take a moment to pray by ourselves about the things we've learned, that these truths would sink a bit deeper into our hearts and that we would trust God as our helper. Let's have a moment of quiet to pray and then Ryan will come and lead us in prayer after that.